Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. I want to welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Tryon. Thank you for being with us. It's good that we can be together in this way even while we are apart. And I realize I should have been saying this every every one of these videos. It's only taken me now, I don't know, 18 or a bunch, let's just say. I should remind you that this is not our only opportunity for worship. Uh, on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m., we worship via Zoom. We also do Sunday school at 9 and 10, and we have an opportunity for Bible study at 10 on Wednesday, and then noonday prayer on Wednesday at noon. All of those uh, opportunities are done uh, over Zoom, and um, if you don't receive our newsletter, you can sign up for it. There's a link down in the description below this video, or you can simply go to our website. There's also a link for that. and. Uh, you can request on the website the links for the Zoom gatherings. We'd love to have you participate with us in those ways. Preachers love parables. At least I do. And most of my preacher friends tend to as well. They're, they're fun, mostly. And they allow us an opportunity to ponder and ponder and ponder and then pontificate a bit, which is what we preachers really enjoy doing, apparently. And yet, even in our pontificating, we know that parables really raise more questions than they do offer answers. They're, they're kind of a jolt to your system when you ease into their world. And, you know, that may not be what you're looking for in the midst of these uncertain days. Uh, You may be thinking, you know, preacher, I'd just like some answers with some good solid data to go along with them and like to know when all this is going to be over. I'm sorry, I have a parable this morning. Uh, Doesn't fit your categories there. In, In Mark, Jesus tells us that he teaches parables so that people, he teaches in parables so that people will not understand. And I'm like, uh, okay, Jesus, <laughs> uh, which, which I'm sure did not take him long to figure out. He could teach any way that he wanted to, and people would not understand. And anyway, that fits really well with Mark's theme of secrecy, which is, which is kind of the subtext of that, that gospel. But in Matthew, Jesus tells us here, he says, I preach in parables because people do not understand. It's not that I'm teaching this way so they won't understand. It's that they already don't understand. And now I'm going to offer some teaching in parables. And maybe, who knows, maybe a parable will awaken them 
to the reality of God. So here's our parable for today, the very first one that Jesus offers in Matthew's gospel. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Now, in this case, we don't get to ponder a whole lot because Jesus actually tells us what his parable means, which usually I don't like those as much because, you know, I'm a preacher and I want to ponder a bit. And he's like, well, actually, in case you didn't get it, here's what this parable is about. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no roots, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person falls away immediately. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this sower, this farmer, this planter, they're a little bit reckless with their seed, in, in case you didn't pick up on that. They just throw it all over the place. I don't know a whole lot about farming, but I can imagine that may not be the most productive way to get a good yield. But I am a preacher, and I do know what it is to just throw sermon seed all over the place. That's what I do every Sunday, really. I mean, I try as best I can to understand the context of the scripture and the context of the congregation. It's important when you preach sermons that you do that. You know, the sermon you preach to congregation A would not necessarily be the same sermon you would preach to congregation B. We want to know where the congregation is in, this, in its life and where you are in your life. I want to know what kind of questions you're anticipating. I'm always trying to think of those things. But the truth is, it's really hard to do all that. 
And so in some ways, preaching is just a shotgun approach, and you just throw seed out there everywhere, knowing that most of it will not take. And here's how all preachers know when it doesn't take. It's when you preach this really hard, difficult sermon, and when people come out the back door and they're trying to be nice to you, and they're like, well, that was a really nice sermon, preacher. And you're like, really? Is that? Did you hear it? Because it really wasn't nice. You should be a, a little disturbed at that sermon. But most of it doesn't take. I was um, at home eating breakfast with my parents when I was in seminary. And this local politician that we know stopped by our table that morning and was catching up with us. And he said, so what are you up to these days, Jeff? And I said, well, I'm in seminary. And he said, well, I'll be. I won't say exactly what he said. Um, and he said, well, isn't that something? He said, my grandma wanted me to be a preacher. But again, I won't say exactly how he said it. I reckon it didn't take. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I reckon it didn't take. <laughs> Sometimes. It just doesn't take. Some of that seed winds up on the path. And it doesn't take. And Jesus says this seed that's sown on the path is, is people who hear. They hear about the kingdom, but they do not understand it. And I'm convinced this isn't their understanding isn't because of any sort of intellectual disabilities. That's not it. They, they don't understand it because there are all these other ways of seeing the world that are competing. And that's what the gospel is. It's a, it's a way in which to view the world, a way in which to be in the world. And I know I sound like a broken record. But in our culture, this one that we live in, this divided, divisive, coarse culture, we see almost everything through this binary lens, this left-right lens. And I'm pretty sure it gets in the way of us seeing the kingdom. That's even how we read the, the, the Bible so often, this thing called confirmation bias, right? Where we just look for those things that will confirm what already we believe so we can say, I told you, it's in the text, it's in the Bible, I read that, I know I'm right. That's just how we operate. We have these competing ideologies. It's not for a lack of intelligence. It's competing ideologies. And, and there's this other seed that get planted, it gets planted on rocky ground. And it starts off really well. In fact, the text even says joyous. I mean, it's really excited. But there's no roots. There's no roots. And can I just say it? What no roots mean or why maybe you don't have roots? It's too shallow. It's too shallow. Oh, there's a lot of rah, rah, rah and a lot of excitement. But it's too shallow. And so when hard times come, and they will, because they always do, it doesn't work. It breaks down. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. 
far too much of what passes itself for Christianity in our culture is shallow. There's this whole industry propped up around this shallowness version of the gospel. And there's no wonder that it doesn't really change things. It has no depth. It has no roots. It's not really rooted in the gospel. It's rooted in some sort of self-help, pop, psycho, babble kinds of stuff. It's rooted in all kinds of things that are not the kingdom. An inch deep and a mile wide, it just describes way too much of American Christianity, way too much of American culture. An inch deep and a mile wide. We are just too shallow, it seems. And there is seed that is sown among the thorns. And Jesus just says this. He just says it outright. The cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke out the seed. We, we can't hear the good news because of these competing ideologies. We can't hear the good news because there's no depth. There's, it's just we're shallow. And now we can't hear the good news because of affluenza, all the affluence and the consumerism and the materialism of our culture. And, and it makes me think, did Jesus send us an email last week with this text in it? Because it is so much our context. At least it can be read that way. I think in an honest, good faith reading of it, we can read it that way. So much of the church and our context, it has lost its way. We worship the God of greed. We are possessed by possessions. Makes me feel better. I'm really lifted up. I'm sure you are. I mean, it's a very distressing tale. But thanks be to God, this is not the end of the parable. This is not the end of the story because somehow, some way, there is some good soil. And I'm from Wilts County, so I'll just say dirt. there's some good dirt. There is some good dirt out there. And somehow, some way, the seeds of the kingdom have gotten into this good dirt. And, and this good dirt bears fruit. And it yields, in one case, a hundredfold. And in another, 60. And in another, 30. And somehow, this good dirt has managed to produce enough to feed the masses. Because I know you, I know you, and you have tasted the real thing, and I have tasted the real thing, and we want more of it, and I know it is a constant struggle. Because there are these competing ideologies out there. There is this shallow culture. 
there is this greed and affluence that tugs at us. All these things want our loyalty, and yet, and yet, this good dirt has given us hope for another way of life, for a better way, for the way that really is life. And I know it's rubbed off on you, and it's rubbed off on me, and the truth is, here's why I can rail against all those other ways of life. Because that stuff is rubbed off on us too. None of us are from or are immune from it. You, you know, you don't break us up as well. Over here's the good soil, people, and over here's the no, no, no. This soil is all mixed up in us. If I'm quarreling at the church, it's a lover's quarrel. It's because I care about it. It's because some of the good dirt has rubbed off. And it's produced the real harvest of the kingdom. And I have tasted that. And so have you. And we long for more of it. That's what we want. We really want the real stuff. And so, all I know is to go get your hands dirty. Go out and play in the dirt a while. And and hope that some of that good dirt will get under your nails. And maybe some of it will get inside you. And it can change us. This seed of the kingdom. That's just, it's just thrown everywhere. This abundant, merciful God just scatters it all over the place. It's everywhere. And every once in a while, it takes root. Thanks be to God. (laughs) Every once in a while, it takes root. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord and to get your hands dirty in some of that good soil, that good dirt. And as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your day.